Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits the Thriller Podcast. What's new this week, Mike? I am ridiculously high on this book we're about to cover. And I'm curious, Chris, your thoughts, but I gave this one a 50 out of 50 when I was flying solo. Do I have to walk that back tonight? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a it's a good book. It's I don't think I'm going to be joining you on that 50 train, but it's a good book. It's close, man. I think when I did it, I was riding so high from the final action sequence. It was one of those so much overwhelms you when you have one of the most enjoyable reading experiences of your entire life rushing to the end of a book. Probably like that feeling of reading Memorial Day the first time by Vince Flynn. I think I had that here. And mm. even rereading it, when I know the outcome, it's right. still just as gripping. The writing is just as thrilling. But man, I envy that you got to read this for the first time. <laughs> yeah, and there's, you know, I kind of, I told you on the last pod that as soon as I finished the first book, I wanted to know the, you know, what happens next. So I immediately started listening to the next one, tore through this one. And I have to say, this series is 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 banging. It is firing on all cylinders. So much so, like I I can't wait tomorrow to. I wanted. I didn't want to like. Oh, I, I was tempted to start Sons of Valor three. I'm so excited we have one to jump into. But but I wanted to you know wait and and wanted to do this pod, think about this, talk about this before we dive into that. Uh, and I didn't drive in today because we had a snow day, so I didn't right, right. <laughs> had no time to listen on on uh, the commute. But anyways, yeah, I think we have a lot to dig into. The story is complex. It's kind of like at times I felt like we were like I was lost a little bit. Maybe that's why I think like I I'm not gonna give it that that perfect fifty. But when we're when we're clicking with the action, we're clicking, man. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I did love was the beginning, like the continuing the development of Kasim as this villain. Yes. Like seeing his life, his interactions with Diva. Did you, when you first read it, did you, did you pick up on that, that Korean lady at Nando's? Like, did she seem like a little funny to you? Yeah. 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 And Something then boom, was off. she's, she's the, she's a spy, like essentially. Right. Or yeah. she's working for MI5. She's MI5. Yeah. She's working her, working Diva. Yeah, so like that whole dynamic and this, you know, it the best part of this story reminds me of you know, like the subterfuge, the the spycraft from like a Damascus station or like like I think back to some of my favorite movies like Homeland or television series like Homeland, For The sure. Americans. For sure. Stuff like that. It's it's doing the work. It's 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 like that. And the action Actions on point. Andrews and Wilson are phenomenal. Yep. Um, and then the sniper scenes, like you can't like oh. the book. This book is amazing. Like one of the top tier sniper books. Like, Definitely. I'm trying to think. Like it comes close to like what was the sniper book we read in um the Jack Carr series? For Jack for the Jack Carr, the, yeah. Well, I actually I have to say, I think this book in terms of a sniper versus sniper. Is everything I wanted in the blood, in the blood that right? book would be right mm. in the blood. I forget who that character's name was, but I feel like I wanted that to be as good as Juba was here. Right, no, and Juba when, was more scary. Yeah, and when I read the Jack Carr book, knowing it was going to be a sniper versus sniper book, 
I was almost let down only because I must have just recently come off of this one and the final mm. scene. I mean, come on, whether it's in the rafters at the convention center in Dubai or he's on the rooftops, like sliding off the shingles as he's trying to get cover and get an angle in a suburban neighborhood between those two scenes, which are very backloaded. It's one of those books that I don't think really gets going or gets your attention until the I would say the halfway mark, but even later, right. maybe like the three quarter mark. And for that reason and that reason only I don't think I'm going to uphold my 50 out of 50 score, but I, I will say, I hope you, Chris, and others can understand with the ending of this book, why my snap reaction was to mm. jump to that 50 out of 50. And I'll be honest, we never did a scorecard at that point on Sons of Valor 1. So in my mind, by jumping to the scorecard, and I had read them one after the other like you, I essentially was giving that 50 out of 50 to the series, right. to the first two books combined. And dude, if you put these two books together and you make one massive story, because that's essentially what it is, yeah, that might be a 50 out of 50. Mm, it's very good. And we'll, we got to see how the, the trilogy ends. Like We, we got to see it. And I, but we could just have the conversation now. Do you, do you think this book is better than Sons of Valor 1? Okay, so... I have one way where it's better, one way where it's probably about the equivalent, and one way it's slightly worse. So overall, I, I haven't made my mind up yet, but I will say there are some things I like better, some things I thought were about the same, and some things I liked worse. Do you want me to run through those? Or, and yeah, go ahead. Well, you can respond. Let's kick it off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The one way, unfortunately, that it's worse is the team. Because I think just the bonding of first meeting Chunk, Saw, Riker, Heels, Yi, even just them clowning around with one another was like just fascinating. I loved every minute of those kinds of scenes. We just don't have as much time doing that here or when it's happening, it's a little more forced. Like some of the sure. jokes land, but when they're ribbing each other, it, like was it the first book or this book that had the Anchorman stuff? <laughs> That was the first book. It was the first book where they set it up. And then I think they referenced it here. They they referenced it where he like begins to, to like pretty much quote the like uh, entire yeah. scene from Anchorman. I think yeah. that's like to kick off the novel. Yeah, yeah I think so. And, and then he, at one time he's like, Watts, you want to come in here and watch uh, Wedding Crashers with us or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. So just some of those moments. I loved how they were set up last book. And here it was just like, okay, it's humming along. Same thing's happening. It just felt like it didn't offer anything new, and and we had already been through that with and had so much fun meeting the guys and the team bonding, which I mean maybe you don't need to do here. So I'm not saying that's a negative, but I just don't think it lived up to what it did in the first book. Mm. Same thing with Kasim Nadar. I think his recruitment was incredible in the first book. I almost think actually I think that was my winner right of watching the transition of Kasim, And I'm going to say I liked it nearly as much here because here's how I thought of it. If the first book was his recruitment and what could make somebody sympathetic to the cause of a network like Al-Qadar and the family bonds you had to have, how Ishan had to, as a best friend, and his sister and his father had to blow up, how do you bring someone like that into the fold of a terrorist network and make them think, am I a terrorist now? And, and have to grapple with that. This book is him 
going through the initiation. What does it actually look like to be in that role? And I thought the spice shop and the way he had to bust in with the hackers and flip the Mm -hmm. one dude's chair showed that next stage of the evolution. So I think that was done almost just as well as the first book, but in a different way. It was a new evolution he had to grow into. He's already been recruited and he had to get over that hump. And when you you start the book with him questioning if he's going to be loyal to Deba or loyal to uh, Asadi Bijan, the new name for Hamza. And at the end of the book, he writes her the note and says, you're going to do exactly what I say. You know, I'm basically taking on this role and he's confirming that it shows that that transition was complete, which makes me think the third book is now going to be him as a leader, as the, mm-hmm. the head of Al-Qadar and really stepping into the role. So it's like the recruitment book one, his initiation growing into the role book two, and now book three, I think he's going to be ripping as, as the head terrorist and, and undercover at the same time. And then they have to flee. So I think all that was done almost just as well as the first book. I agree with that. And the part that's done even better is the action. I j- mm. Like we started this book, almost wash it with rinse and repeat. Let's hit some caves or let's, let's hit something in the mountains. And it was really cool. And just like the first book, we're on the comms and we're setting up a perimeter and we're, we're, we're infilling and exfilling. And I thought like some really cool scenes early on doing that. But once you hit that scene in Dubai, from the nightclub to the convention center, and then in some ways all the way to Tampa and Saw's house, some of the best action writing and maybe the best single sequence of action writing I've read since Memorial Day. And I might even put it up there with Memorial Day. The only the only negative about this scene, I can't think of a single critique except Mitch Rapp isn't in it. If it was a Mitch Rapp scene – it would be perfect. There's nothing better. It's it's the most amazing thing ever. So I can't even critique it for anything. The only reason I won't say it's better than the M- Memorial Day ending is because the nostalgia. It's it's Vince Flynn. It's Mitch Rapp. It was like my origins in this genre. But since I can't recreate that, this is the absolute closest and best you can come to an action scene in a thriller book. Yeah, and I like even some like the smaller action scenes that we get, like when they get the first of the three snipers in that attack um in the village in Iraq, right? Mm. Like that that scene is suspenseful, intense. Even the the first action of Juba when he kills the the Navy SEAL that like sparks this whole like side mission that Chunk and, and Co have to go on. Like like that's great. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that the the action is better. Um and I, I'm also gonna agree with you in terms of like this I felt a little bit disconnect with with the team and i don't know if like that's just and chunk like the character of chunk seemed like a little bit weird to me like he was doing mm-hmm. like I, I don't know maybe they're just trying out this this new character art with him especially at the end though some of the writing and some of the ways that ray porter said it like his final interaction with with heels when they come back like he's dealing with like this trauma i guess i guess they're, they're trying to i don't know it was just it was strange to me because he's yeah. supposed to be this you know leader operator but i guess you know everyone does go through those you know they can't be on 100 percent of the time yeah and i think like where this book shines is you know we saw kasim being recruited now we're seeing his ascension to yeah. the leadership he embracing wants embracing it embracing it. he wants a bigger role 
playing this double life with both his his wife with the British public with the you know like whatever coming out of that attack as a hero being they yeah. say he's been elevated as a hero yeah. he got a promotion at British uh, Arrow and meanwhile he's now ascended to being you know the head of a terrorist organization and he tricked chunk he he tricked watts also in that interrogation yeah but i think i think watts ultimately is suspicious like i I don't think she i think she in the he she obviously tricked him enough that she would let him go but i think she has some reservations about it you know she has that like third sense going on but he put on a good performance that i think Mm -hmm. delayed that he really delayed her drawing those conclusions yes it took her it took her rationalizing why Hamza was in the club to really think Kasim Nadar was a suspect, right? She's right. like, if we were going after Kasim Nadar and Hamza showed up there, it's too big a coincidence right. that the two of them would have just randomly been at the same club at the same time while we're tracking this attack. So to be related. that yeah. was what really sparked it. I don't think anything in the interrogation actually made actually question him. Okay. Like I yeah, think no, in me- that moment, he won. Yeah, and speaking of the that Dubai scene in the <laughs> in the club is yeah. one of the best one of the best parts of this book. It's it's freaking amazing. Like just the whole lead up up, up to it, like that that aspect of the team, you know, like meeting that new newer seal who helps Chunk get dressed. Like that that stuff was good, but I wanted like more of that. You know, yeah, yeah. I thought we got more of that in the first book. Yeah, although there's something about the Dubai scene I really want to ask you because before you read this scene, you and I had talked about this briefly, and it comes up at the end of my limerick. So at the end of my limerick, I've got a question for you, and I think we have to get into this for a few minutes. Sure. When there is violence of action, the Alcadar network will fraction. Saw's God in the Sky, a shootout in Dubai, Chunk and Heels, you dig the attraction? Yeah, so, you know, I think any story like this has to play, you know, it's like season two. They got to play up the, you know, obviously the two leads, hot, attractive. They're going to be played up as, you know, romantically, but I, I, I feel like maybe Chunk has, has some reservations, but I, I don't know. We're not in the head of heels, really. Uh, so I don't know if she is any sort of reciprocation, but, uh, you know, reciprocation, any sort of, um, if she also feels the same way, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't know. Cause you and I had said, I really, really hope there's nothing between them and we don't just take this turn and all of a sudden they start developing feelings or mm-hmm. they sleep with each other. We were like, we kind of want to break that stereotype of the main character has to get with the main female character. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Brad Thor does what he does. You blah, 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 blah. But I like that it was mentioned because I don't think you just straight ignore it. I think that would be disingenuous, particularly if they both look so damn good, right? Like Mm -hmm. if she's stunning in this thing, you gotta at least get inside his head of like, is this a thing? Like, and he sees her tattoos he wouldn't have otherwise seen. So I think it's a way to build intimacy without being intimate. Intimate. Yeah, right? no, like, I agree with that. And, and I think they're going to need that level of intimacy to grow even closer. But it won't necessarily need to be a relationship or a sexual relationship. I just think it's 
you know, as close as he can get with the guys, you know, they bunk together, they shower together, you, whatever, you know, like he can get that close with her without it being more than a professional teamwork thing. Sure. You sure. know, now all this could backfire in the third book and mm-hmm. something could happen. I don't know. But to me, it feels like if you didn't mention the tingles, right, you know, like you're doing this club op and it's not like you're, you're going to have a side of you that's like, wow, she looks really good. And, you know, like, do I say something about that? Do I bring it up to her? I have to bring it up to her. If that's not in your mind, then you're probably just like ignoring something. And so sure. they call it out. But I'm glad there's then that scene at the end where they both talk about why they do what they do without like, oh, and then all of a sudden they start making out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, and I think they're both in like this interesting spot at the end of the book. We leave our two protagonists with one, you know, embracing this idea of like, oh shit, like I I need to take this operator stuff seriously. I, you know, Chunk is right. I should be on my game because you never know what's going to happen. When she sees that Saw's family was targeted, you know, mm-hmm. she realizes that she could be targeted at any at any point. And then Chunk kind of has the same interaction where, you know, he has that whole conversation with, I feel like he has a little bit of guilt because he's the one who tells Saw, I need you, you know, like yeah. you can't leave. Yeah. And essentially like if he had, if he hadn't convinced him to come on to the tier one, then, you know, his, I mean, obviously they save his family, but he wouldn't, his family would have never been in that situation if it wasn't for him. So yeah, yeah. they both have these, like we, from the same experience have diverting feelings of like how to move forward with this um, yeah. it's very interesting how we leave our main characters and then like finishing with you know our third main character i guess like i think that the there's like three main characters right there's kasim there's chunk and there's heels uh and then like so we finish with with kasim and like that whole interaction where he's writing down and then like because you know he's obviously being listened to and Essentially, you know, we get the full, like, I am in charge now. Like, they, they just send yep. chills down my spine. It's This book is very much so, like, like the Empire Strikes Back. Like, you know, like, mm. it's 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 very, like, they're they're following this, like, you know, typical so true. formula for a trilogy, for, like, a perfect trilogy. Yeah, we really need to get to the Return of the Jedi now. <laughs> You're right about that. That's a great point. That's a great point. And, and that end scene, when he's writing on the paper, part of me, both times I read it, even this time, part of me was like, is he going to write down, Deba, pack everything, let's get out of here. I'm giving up this life, you know? Mm-hmm. And the small part of me wanted him to choose that path because even as radicalized as we saw him become, and there was a really cool, I forget where he was, but it was a whole chapter of just him deciding and almost raging to take over Al-Qadar. He's thinking about the guy, the video of Ishan, and he's like the operator who shot him. He's thinking about Hamza and his dead body lying in an alley in Dubai after getting chased by the Americans. He's thinking about the drone strike, and he like commits to himself. I am going to rise. I think that's what the language was, right? He's like, I can run away or I can rise as the leader. And he, he commits to himself in that moment to rise. Yet, when he takes out that slip of paper, something in me was rooting for him to not rise and to run. Mm. And, and the fact that the writing could have him 
have his own rage moment in where he's is he's flipping chairs right in fun times office and he's going nuts and he wants everyone to respect him but then when he gets home and sees Deba I'm like if he only hears about the pregnancy will he run away with her and I know. change everything will that happen will she tell him will will he he know and he doesn't he doubles down and he and you know I'm like oh my god the fact that he still maybe could have made that choice even up to the very end shows that you wrote a great character. No, yeah, and then like you're wanting her to just say it, just say mm-hmm. it, like say it, so that mm-hmm. way he knows. And then, but she's already committed that she's not going to say it, and she's actually probably going to run away, like to get away from him, right? right like she's right. like settles in her mind, you know. And it's all these things that like are everyone's going to go down this path that you don't want them to go down when you know there's an easier solution for everybody. And I want to bring this question, like, I feel like even though obviously they were able to kill all three of the snipers, Hamza kills himself. I feel like like we they didn't quite win in this book. Like, sure they they stopped, they got the terrorists, but a lot of lives were lost. Like they right. they there was that hit on the Navy SEALs. Yeah, they lost you lost one Navy SEAL plus another one was severely injured. Countless dead at the uh, convention in Dubai. Yep, including like all these civilians and Tampa, and then in Tampa they were there ready for it. And they still, like, they still weren't able to, like, fully stop it. Yep. They were behind the eight ball the whole time. Exactly. Like, the, they are, they lost this book. Like, I feel like this is, you know, in the first book, they won. Like, they were on top of everything. They were ahead of everybody. Although one of the missiles did strike. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, you have to have, everyone can't come away, like, fully unscathed. Yeah. But, I feel like they won. They more so won in the first book than than like the tally. Like the terrorists have more, uh, more uh, you know, yeah. more kills in, in this book in this than the first one. I think the stakes were higher. Well, I think maybe the stakes were higher in that actual U.S. intelligence was going to be crippled in the first book, like our drone operations. Like the stakes were higher in terms of our operation in the Middle East, but the equation changes. Not even the body count equation, right? But the equation changes of what a win is when it's on the home front, right? Because everything the terrorists are doing shifts from the Middle East to the West. And let's even count Dubai as the West, right? Because all the contractors there were foreigners, you know, were civilians for, for security companies, contracting companies. So I think the threat and the stakes were way higher in this book in terms of protecting the home front. And you even add something in this book with the psyops. They kind of get into AI. They talk about, uh, well, by the way, that's a shout out to tier one is the Ember team and Ian. Right. Bowman. Yeah. There were a lot of crossover with that. This book. I think this book definitely showed we want this to be that shared universe. I remember you mentioned that last mm-hmm. last pod. This book definitely reinforced that the way you bring in the skills of the Ember team. And Watts really relies on that here. I think the stakes are raised because of that. And think about how much more realistic it is to the modern day, where the last book, the war and the drone strikes in the Middle East, you could say that's a little outdated now. Now it's a digital war. It's scaring people by what they did with the SEALs families, right? Like who's manipulating people posting these pages in order to elicit information about who the operator's families are. 
How many people click like? How many people click the link? Who are they connected to? You could almost have terrorists collecting data on all of our military families simply by clicking a web page. Mm-hmm. They made a profile on Ellie, right? Which yeah. was amazing that the Ember team uncovered that and was able to tell Watts at the last minute and she can divert the team from Tampa. But they did that just by making a Facebook page. Like, that's insane that they had a whole profile on Saw's family. It wasn't even like, like originally they were like, what, what? They were asking the question, why do that? Why not just like get online and brag about what you did? But instead, mm-hmm. by doing this, you're causing like Chunk to second guess and to get scared. Like what, like they say, what else is a sniper for than to elicit fear or terror in someone? That's textbook Hamza. Textbook. Yeah. Yeah. Hamza's a good villain. And oh, now like, villain. let's see how well Kasim can rise to fill his, his void. Like, what did you think of his death? I think he's going to – that's what makes book three really intriguing, right? Because part of these stories have to be – and especially if you're going with the Star Wars analogy, right? It's going to be the mentor taking over the ment- the mentee, taking over the mentor and you know growing into those shoes. But I think Kasim Nadar is really going to have to grapple with. He's not as good as Hamza. No. He's, no. he's not even as good as Ishan. And what is that going to mean for his leadership? He's probably just going to have to double down on the violence and the threats. But that is not at all Hamza's play and what Al-Qadar should be known for. So I think he's going to struggle with that big time. Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see. Like, I could see him go in full, like, which is crazy to think that he... Nuke mode. Yeah, to go from where he was in the first book to like potentially like seeing where he's going to be, like the guy who got scared or got upset that Hamza like sli- sliced that dude's um throat out of, like for no reason, like uh to then probably like I wouldn't be surprised if there's a scene where he slits some dude's throat. You know, over you see over, you yeah. know you see it become like Just full circle, like tight. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So red wedding. <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones, Sons of Valor, Game of Thrones meets Star Wars. There you go. There you go. I'm sure that's what Andrews and Wilson were going for, you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, we we can ask them. So what do you say? You want to get into the scorecard? Yeah, let's jump into it. And I think I really need the scorecard to be able to answer your initial question. Did I like this book more than Sons of Valor 1? You know what the answer is going to be. In some ways, yes. Yeah, in, some in some ways, ways no. no. You're gonna, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna. What's that called? The uh, flip flop, flippy floppy. Yeah. But ah, dude, it's so true though. I'm like just thinking. I'm like, I could definitely say this book is better. In some ways, I could definitely say Sons of Valor is better. In other ways, anyway, let's scorecard it. I I'm gonna say I think. I think I like this book better. Really? Okay. I, initially, that's what I would have said, too. That would have been my first thought. And I don't know if it's just because book one did all the work exactly. to allow me to make like this book better. Exactly. You know, because you know, like book one had to set everything up. I don't know. So the, there was the one thing in book one, we were kind of like, you know, con- convenience with the plot. She's able to like immediately detect everything. There was a little bit of that here. A little bit. With. Uh, you know, I guess Chunk is the one who, when they go to interrogate the fake Hamza, right? Um, 
He's the one who picks up on that was good that he says he said something in Dari, but you know Hamza's not wouldn't have said that. Yeah, that Hamza's was good. Not, not Afghani. Like that that was actually pretty good. But then, what did you think about the whole? She's able to get one of the operators to draw like a graphic novel. Yeah, that yeah. then gets put into like she sends that to Ember, and Ember's able to then figure out that that's Ishan and that's With how the deep fake together. Technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I thought I bought into that, and it it almost undoes what maybe we could have called the Whitney Watts problem in the first one. Of she had all these hunches, and her intuition was right every time. She's relying on the tech guys of Baldwin's mm-hmm. team. She's relying on the MI5 lady who's recruiting Diba or, or working Diba. She's even relying on some of the other guys on the team, the way he has to draw the, 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 the sketch for her. I kind of almost think she's grown into being a bit more of a team player here, leaning on those people to help her untie the knot, you know? So yeah, I, I thought that was better done than just let's happen to have coincidences. Right. Just to show she was right. And yeah, and then go ahead. No, I was going to say Chunk has that intuition too a few times, but it's more of that what I could believe, which is that operator's sense of something's off. I don't have the answer. That's what I need my intel folks for. That's why I need Watts, but something's off. There were like three or four times in the moment where he just had that intuition of something's going on here and he presses a little bit deeper. But in the interrogation, he he lined that thing up. He he knew exactly what he was doing going into that interrogation. Well, the opening scene, right? They they go to they're I forget where they are, but they're they're somewhere about to hit this house, and then there's a sniper. And the there there's a multiple snipers, right? right and they that have false to in that falls. No, no, no. That's that's later on. Remember, because then he, he has chunk or he has a saw with another operator go up. And like they take out the sniper. Oh right, yes, yes, yes. This is the very beginning. Yeah, 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 right. I forgot we opened with that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The ending action is so good. Yeah, I kind of forget about like like everything in the beginning, right? The earlier operations at the beginning fall by the wayside. And when I was reading them, I was like, "Huh, I don't, I don't know if I'm into this just yet. Like, this is great, but it's exactly what we did all book one. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't offering anything new up until the halfway point." Right. And that's when the book really got into some new territory that I was digging. So because of that, maybe book one is more complete. I think it's more of a complete story where this one just relies on the race to the finish line being so damn good. I think book one, you're right, does all the work. So does that deserve more credit? You're right. Like this. Can this be a standalone book? Yeah. That's tough. I no, tough. it really no, can't. It can't. It really can't. But as far as second books go, it's off the charts good compared to how a, a book like Sons of Valor one that's so good must be impossible to sit down. And actually, I remember in my interview Andrews and Wilson saying that like we really tried so hard in the last book. How do you top that? Mm-hmm. And and I told them I was like I'm really impressed that in Sons of Valor two you did. And they even said. Yeah, we are too. And like, maybe we're just setting ourselves up now for failure in the third one, because how do we top this now, right? How do you top the Saw scene, the Dubai scene? So that they too were like shocked. And I think somewhat impressed that they were able to top book one. But without book one, right? It You need it. it, it it's the legs to stand on. I mean, 
let's just compare the opening, the wedding scene in book one versus that action scene in book two. Book one wins. Right. The wedding scene is just killer. Kasim and Hamza book one versus Kasim and Hassan Bijadi here. Book one. Watts and you have like Watts and Chunk like riding around, like going to, they go to Iraq to, to visit Faye Hamza and, you know, that's sort of hunting down this lion of Ramadi thing versus like them meeting the team and beginning to click. And the jogging and the barbecue. And the jogging, yeah, yeah. There were some great things in book one. I, I think when I gave the perfect score on the scorecard, I really was just treating them as one book. As one like, book. Yeah. I, I think I was ranking the, the series, Sons of Valor. And in that regard, I, I would go back and give it a 50 out of 50 any day. But I think if you parse the books apart, I think book one has the edge. Yeah, because book one doesn't need, you don't need this book. I mean, obviously you, you have some like loose ends, but like if they never did, if they never followed up with those things, then like book one is just, is very like, whereas this one, it's a lot of action with like very, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I think the scorecard is going to break this down. For example, action and plot. What do you say? Purely because the second half action, I gotta go like like a nine point five or a ten. Yeah, I'm going nine point five though, just because the the beginning action scenes were great. You know, nine point five still incredible, but they didn't have that edge. The ending action mm-hmm. scenes had that edge, so nine point five for me. Compare that to the first book; it was a perfect ten. Yeah, so that's something. The plot here has got me hung up a little bit. I'm. Mm. It was cool. Like this whole like three snipers thing. There, there's three distinct like hunting down of the snipers. Like that, that whole plot is has happening. And obviously, there was some key scenes, like you know the scenes in Dubai, and then like even like when Chunk, like right after that, they follow uh, Hamza like out. Remember they track him, and then he goes, and that's how they discover that oh, like these caterers are going to be the ones like going in. Don't forget the Deba storyline. Diva storyline with the like the bringing in the MI5 people. Yeah. Ah, a nine. Yeah, I got to go nine as well. And as you were talking, I'm thinking, how does all that, the Diva storyline, Hamza popping up at their house, which was really, really good when he gets home oh, yes. and he's yeah, singing yeah. and he's ready for a nice, and that's one of those moments of like, Kasim is going to go back to being old Kasim. Right. And who's right. sitting he in his living feel, room he said with he, his wife? He, he walks in and is like, I feel like dancing. Yep. Like he's going to oh. say dancing. Yep. Hamza's like, oh, you felt like dancing, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I love that stuff. The Lion of Ramadi was really cool. I thought setting, I thought everything about the sniper plot line was really great. Compare that to the drone plot line, right? It's like, did you like the drone stuff? Or the sniper stuff. Mm, I think I like the sniper stuff better. Yeah, but I really like the drone, like the missing Chinese drone, which they sold. Yeah, both really good. So I'm going nine on plot. Buy-in. Buy-in. I think, I think four and a half. Beside 
the first like third of the book, me wondering when are things really, really mm-hmm. going to get started. Besides that, I would never question anything. I'm reading this book, loving every minute of it. Yeah, and I think things made more sense in this book. There wasn't as much like, uh, like, like, like we said, like there wasn't as much like coincidence that had to like plot situations. Like everything kind of made sense, and like you know, going through the procedures of like going from here to here and doing these various ops, like even like bringing in someone like the Ember team to facilitate information transfer, or or bringing, or you know, like he, she she calls what the the contact who the DIA guy from uh, the first D-ball. book, he's the one who puts him in touch with the MI5 MI5. MI5 people. Like, and then that's when she, she finds out that Kasim works for British arrow and is a drone pilot, like put everything together versus, you know, having her just have this hunch and think about it. Like, I like that kind of aspect of it. So yeah, uh, my buy-in for this is, is pretty high. And I think like book one, again, does the work to make the buy-in yep. high. Yep. So yeah, uh, bad guys. Like we said, if you... Talk, Not as good as book one. No, that's the problem. If you take this as a two-book series so far, it's five out of five. But we get so much less of them here. Ishan's gone. Hamza... We, we barely see Hamza. He, he has the one scene where he pops right. up. And then we see him at the at the nightclub. And then we see him win, win the attack. And that's and then he dies. Like That's it. I think the less that we see of Hamza is not fully made up for More by the addition of Zane and Juba, you know, the snipers. Mm. I, I think they're good, but they are not Ishan and Hamza good. No, they were, yeah, I agree. Like they were good, but we didn't have enough character development with them to like understand their ticks and understand like, I guess if like you knew who Juba was, like if you knew the whole backstory behind that, then you know if you're a military like historian because that, that apparently wasn't a real person um, or like myth, a real probably threat. Multiple, yeah, probably myth. M- multiple people. Yeah, and they want to resurrect that in the modern war. Right. Cool idea. So, but I don't know. Is, is it like not a three a and a half? Is it a four? I think it's I, cool. I, think, I think it's a four because I liked, even though. Kasim is not fully there yet. We saw glimpses of the terror and like what it what you know yep. the rage. Yes. Uh that is gonna bubble, I believe is gonna bubble up in the next book. So his transformation. I think, I think, dock at a point. So yeah, I think his transformation definitely is why I'm sticking to a four. I'll say another reason I don't want to go lower and possibly could go higher is the spice shop. Like could you call them bad guys? I think so. This network outside this mosque in East London that has this back door where you, you have fun time and the hackers doing their thing. That whole dynamic being set up as a villainous kind of hideout, I thought was pretty cool. So, yeah, I think I got to go for it's just it's just not as well done as the first book. Yeah. Right, what about the good guys? Good guys. Some transformations here, uh, some growth out of the characters. And in the end, kind of that weirdness we maybe felt with Chunk along the way, he recognizes. He says, like, as a leader, I would have known when I'm at the top of my game that Watts started shooting with Riker. 
and how often she does it. I right, would have been right. so intimately connected with their their mission, their commitment, their routines. And as their team leader, I wasn't showing that. I would have known. I would have picked up on when Saw said, do you remember with Saw when he's like, hey, Chunk, I'm checking in on you. I know things must be hard on you. And Chunk knows he's talking about himself. Right? Himself, like, yeah, yeah. That was a great conversation. But Chunk didn't take away from that conversation what he needed to. He knew Saw was talking about himself. He played it off kind of jovially. He went along with the game. But he didn't recognize that was Saw's attempt to open up, to reach out, to seek help. And Chunk, in the end, finally was able to say, I didn't get you what you need, man. I wasn't wasn't there for you. I didn't listen. And I think that was some really good growth. So I got to go four and a half. I'm not going to dock it any more than that. Yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty much in agreement. Setting. Ugh. This is tough because if you're saying the suburban neighborhood in the shootout with Saw's family, dude, that's a 10 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're in Dubai, it's like a 6 out of 5. But if you're in a few of the opening scenes or Tajikistan, like... That's where they were, right? I don't know if I bought into the new base in Tajikistan like I did Kandahar in the drone operations of last book. But they did like a decent job of describing like these three trail, like these three, like the bunkhouses, the rooms and stuff like that. So I kind of like in her back cave, I felt like I, but it could have been anywhere. Right, right, right. But you know, describing the suburban, you know, Tampa, the downtown area, the convention center, the descriptions in both convention centers. Yep. The nightclub. Yeah, the nightclub was great. Even like like uh you know, Diva and and Kasim like traveling around in you know, London. In New, in New Malden and London. Yeah. Like I felt maybe it's because I've been there, like I know Yeah. Like, you know, that just and I've been in Nando's. Great. Cheeky Nando's. Cheeky Nando's. Uh, cheeky Nando's. Um <laughs> Yeah, but it's not like amazing. So I'm gonna go four. You're gonna go four, okay? Yeah. I I think I have to lean on four and a half, though. I gotta give it that extra point because right, it's not amazing. But I remember when I talked with the guys, I was so impressed that they took a suburban neighborhood, made me feel like you know where where any of us grew up, really, in our our demographic. And all of a sudden, you've got this family hiding out and this sniper. Perched in a window, man, it, it could be any any millions of streets and neighborhoods I know from from uh, my life, and the fact that they put this sniper versus sniper scene right there. Oh, and dude, I don't know if this would make you adjust anything if you go back. How incredible was it when they're racing to the house, just Chunk and Saw, and Chunk has to tell Saw, "Do what you do best." Go set up. That is the best odds to save your family. And he just wanted to charge into that house and save them. And Chunk had to tell him, let me do that, man, because I I'm need the door, you in the sky. I'm the door kicker. You're God, yeah. You're God, and I'm the door kicker. I need you up there. And Saw had to relent. And the way Ray Porter did Saw's voice in those moments, mm, that resignation, perfect. that acceptance that he could not be the father in that moment he thought he needed to be and bust in that door because he'd get sniped in the back and, and it would be game over. 
he had to accept that. And it was so hard for him to do so. And you could tell the way Ray Porter read that was class. Yeah. And, uh, what's the line he says? Like if, the, if there is a sniper there, he's a dead man walking. Like, That's yeah, right. like Ray Porter kind of like grits his teeth and the way he says it, dude, Ray Porter is money. Yep. And that was chunk, right? Rationalizing the decision of like, I'm not going to let saw storm into that house because it's a tactical call. And mm-hmm. this is an operation, you know, I know yeah, it's his yeah, family on the line, but we're going to do exactly what we would do. That's operationally sound. And after he made that decision, when he's on his own, he's like, if there is a sniper up there, it's game over for him. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You, Saw's coming after you. When Saw's coming after you, doing what Saw does, you don't win. No, exactly. That was that was a cool line. All right. What about the cover? All right. We hashed this out last time. <laughs> Any thoughts on this one? Because I know you weren't a big fan of the cover last time. All right, all right. I don't love it. But I like the bur- it's got the Burj Khalifa in it. Yes. It's better than the first. You got it. It's it's that. definitely it's definitely better than the first. It's way better than the first. And they're going I see what they're going for. You got you know the operators, I'm guessing that's chunk. Oh, these new night vision goggles that they describe right. where uh like essentially like it, it's night, but it looks like day. Like that, that That's was cool. pretty sick. They always add the tech. That's why I'm okay with these covers because their whole game plan is like fully kitted out, top of the top line special op guys and equipment. And so I kind of like that these covers dig into that technical aspect of the equipment. These guys are about that life. Yeah. I'm going to, what did I give the last one? Three and a half. You got to bump that up at least just a little. All right. I'll give it a 3.75. No, I'm oh, just... come on, bro. I'll give it a four. I'll give Don't it a four. Me like I'll, that. Give it a four. I'll give it a four. Don't do me like that. I'll give so, it a four. So I gave the last one a four. I have to say, I, I think this one's doing a little better than the last one. And I like the fact that they created a, a theme, right? There is a motif here of what a Sons of Valor cover is that clues you in or gets you tuned into thinking there's explosions, there's choppers, there's fully kitted out operators. There's mm-hmm. a city skyline. I, I just think these covers scream sons of valor. Are they objectively some of the best designs? No. Are they my favorite cover? No. But judging a cover by the book, judging yeah. a cover, not only by the book, but by the series, mm-hmm. I have to give them some, some props. So I'm okay. going four and a half one because it's better than the last one. And I actually do just straight up kind of like it. I will say I, re- I like this cover a lot better than the last one. So good, 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 good. All right. Who, who's your winner? Who I'm going to take a page out of your playbook or do you want to go first? Let me, no, let no, me no, no, let no. you go. No, 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 no. You go first. No, you go you're first. going first because I got one and I'm really curious to see if I stole it from you. Okay. Um, Oh man, there's a lot I could go with. I really like the the Korean uh, MI five lady. Like okay. she was pretty funny. I like okay. um, like her accent, the way the way like Ray Porter like talks about it, her interactions. But I could go there. But I'm gonna have to go like winner my book. Can I can I pick a scene? Like like a like yeah, a, for sure. I'm gonna pick 
when Chunk is getting dressed for the the opera operation in the in the club. <laughs> when he, he gets <laughs> the tight shirt. He yeah, and the well, he, first he, he gets a haircut and then he like he puts on this tight <laughs> shirt and he wears like he wears jeans with a vest. And, oh like, yeah. Just like his interaction and like he needs a dip. Like it's just it's so funny. <laughs> And then, and then when Heels walks in and she's wearing like that tight dress, like yeah. it's, it, that whole scene is just hilarious. So uh, that's my winner. Dude, that's good. That's good. And I know we're looking for something different because obviously the winner is the race to the finish. I mean, sure. the shootout in, in Saw's house and the Dubai op when, well, when Saw's sniping. Besides the sniper stuff, right? Because that's so obvious. We can't say Saw sniping. Well, you know what? Let's in general. We can. We can. The, the winner is Saw, right? The winner yeah, is no, Saw. definitely. Definitely. In general. But like you, if I want to try to look for these little moments, I can't believe you didn't say this. The maintenance man up in the rafters in Dubai, dude. He's like, uh, what's the guy from Transfer of Power? Exactly. Uh, 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 Milt Adams. Milt Milt Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the guy at the Thomas Jefferson Monticello Mm -hmm. house, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with the clocks. The docent. Yeah. The docent, exactly. You always need those little, an everyman. Who's got some quirks, who comes through in a clutch moment and does something heroic. Let's honestly, when Saw is walking him through how to explain the rafters to me, where's the ladder? Is there enough room to, to go prone? Would I be standing? You know, how how many men can you fit there? Which way would I have to point the rifle if it's gonna go, you know, out the between the the rafters? And yeah, then he, he tells him about the lights, how, when right. to kill the lights, where to put the spotlight. That dude is heroic in that moment. He helps Saw out a lot, right? Because Saw's immediately going to go on the catwalk. And the guy's like, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that because the, mm-hmm. the sniper's going to like hear you. You're like going to feel you because they're all connected. You'd be yep. better off going to th- this place. Yep. That dude's a hero. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Mike. Yeah. But besides that, the winner is Saw. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just this is this is his book to shine. And I loved every minute of it. All right, so what what's our totals? We what's the total? Minus half, 1.5, 2, 44 and a half for me, and 45 and a half for you. Nah, not quite that 50. <sighs> you had to rub that in, didn't you? <laughs> well, Chris. And definitely, I think it proves in the pudding. Like, book one, we thought book one was better. I think in the end, after we talked it through, book one is a better book. I think I will say again, though, parts of this one, particularly the end, definitely, I think, are some of the best I've ever read in the thriller verse. But book one is the complete package. Mm-hmm. It really is. On the scorecard, it's the complete package. This is a solid book, though. Solid, solid book two. Yes. Yes. And when exactly. taken together, I think like you, you combine the scores and it just like elevates it even farther. So hopefully, hopefully three can complete the trilogy right you know hopefully we don't just consistently keep going down and down so maybe three is better than two uh yeah i'm putting a lot of weight into this third book because there's a the possibility of completing a near perfect thriller series with the one two and three knockout punch really excited to get into that chris i'm going to make you a promise though i will not have any more solo podcast where i get in front of this mic and I just am a prisoner of the moment. Give it out scores. <laughs> I need you to walk me back, take me down a notch, 
keep me in check from this point forward. I'm going all willy nilly. You, you like you text me like. Dude, I just gave I gave a book of fifty. I'm like, what? What book? We didn't even read it. We didn't even talk about it. I published that before you could even respond. Yeah, where I could even like tell you not to do that. No, Mike, don't do that. Dude, I may have walked it back, but if you put books one and two together, yeah, I'm no, sticking I, with a fifty out of that. fifty. I, I really am. We can rate the series at the end of this this trilogy too, yeah, like exactly. as, as a whole. Exactly. So. Perfect. All right. So next time, we'll be bringing you Sons of Valor three. What's the what's the tagline? Oh, yeah, good question. What is the tagline? Oh, we didn't really talk about violence of action. He was right, Limerick, but right. It was a good title. War Machine. Ooh. War Sons of Valor three. War Machine. Dude, there was so much here about the military industrial complex mm. that War Machine just kind of evokes the fallout of that like that sector right that sector was really attacked by the terrorists right but now we have a war machine is it ours is it theirs is it our team Ooh, did chunk cover war machine oh i all right we'll, we'll talk about this next week the cover is interesting oh yeah Very interesting oh snap dude i'm so excited we're gonna get to both react to a book neither of us have read yet but yeah yeah something very interesting on that cover yeah a couple of things you see how the covers have created a voice that's why i'm mm-hmm. okay with them i don't know i think this might be my favorite of the, of the three i i think so but that's going to depend on the book yeah for sure. for sure yeah the covers are not a great design but they work so well for the series for the series yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you all right, we need to thank our patrons, our special operator Sherry F, our special agents Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Pet, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, just let heels be heels. Just let saw be saw. Oh, uh, there you go. Just let saw be saw. This is a saw book. Just let saw be saw. <laughs>